You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. Coming up this hour. FDX founder Sam Bankman-Fried apologizes to staff in a letter. Credit Suisse warns of a massive fourth quarter loss. HP is the latest tech company to slash jobs. And investors await a half dozen economic reports ahead of Thanksgiving. A deadly mass shooting at a Virginia Walmart, plus the suspect accused of gunning down people in a gay Colorado nightclub has a court appearance today. I'm Michael Barr, more ahead. I'm John Stashow in sports. Ben Simmons returned to Philadelphia. The Sixers beat the Nets. The Rangers beat the Kings. St. John's beat Syracuse in overtime. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Amy Morris. I'm Nathan Hager. Futures are holding steady this morning. We're coming up to 601 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures are up three points. Dow futures up 23. NASDAQ futures are higher by three points. Ten-year Treasury is up 132nd. The yield 3.75%. Yield on the two-year 4.52%. NYMEX crudes down 1.6%, down $1.28 at $79.67 a barrel. Comex Gold down one-tenth percent or $2.30 at $17.52.50 an ounce. Amy? Nathan will have more on the markets in a minute, but first, the latest on the fallout from FTX. The founder of the collapsed crypto exchange is now apologizing. We get the latest with Bloomberg Steve Rappaport. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Amy and Nathan. In a mea culpa to employees, disgraced FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried said he didn't mean for any of this to happen, and he would give anything to go back and do things over again. The crypto exchange went belly up about two weeks ago, fueled by a credit squeeze, virtual coin sell-offs, and what Bankman-Fried calls a 
run on the bank. He also disclosed collateral crashed by $51 billion as FTX spiraled. Bankruptcy proceedings so far paint the company with poor record-keeping and other questionable practices. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Steve, thank you. The collapse of FTX shocked much of the financial world, including Kathy Wood. The ARK Investment CEO says the exchange clearly lacked oversight. The fact that so many people were completely fooled um, is is quite shocking. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think he had this aura around him or something that um, caused people to, to, to ask fewer questions than might otherwise have been the case. Kathy Wood made the comments in an interview with Carol Nasser and Tim Stenevec on Bloomberg Businessweek. Catch the show live on YouTube weekdays from 2 to 5 Eastern. Another major story we're following comes from overseas. Credit Suisse warning of a massive fourth quarter loss. Let's go to London and get the latest with Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Amy and Nathan. Credit Suisse clients pulled as much as $88 billion from the bank during the first few weeks of this quarter, underlying the ongoing concerns over the bank's restructuring efforts after years of scandals. The Swiss bank is warning today it's facing a loss of up to $1.6 billion for the final three months of this year. And in China, the company is said to be axing at least a third of its investment banking workforce. Credit Suisse shares currently down almost 5%. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ewan, thanks. Job cuts are continuing here in the U.S. as well. The latest at HP, the tech company says it will eliminate as many as 6,000 positions over the next three years. HP says declining demand for personal computers is cutting into profits. And Nathan, Twitter has also been cutting jobs sharply ever since Elon Musk took over that company. And now we're learning it has lost more than half of its in-house lawyers. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has that story from our 960 newsroom in San Francisco. This includes several senior attorneys, and it raises some concerns about the depth of legal knowledge that remains with the company. Bloomberg sources say this leaves only head of litigation James Baker and international legal chief Regina Lima in leadership roles in the department. There is enough concern that the sources say there may not be enough legal expertise remaining in-house to know which outside law firms are handling certain matters. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Ed. We're three weeks away from the next decision from the Federal Reserve. Central bank officials are speaking on policy. Kansas City Fed President Esther George says significant U.S. household savings could have implications for how high rates need to rise. While high savings is likely to provide momentum to consumption and require higher interest rates, it's certainly positive that we see that these households are wealthier, less financially constrained, and better insured. But that said, reduced inflation will mean we have to incent saving over consumption. Kansas City Fed President Esther George made the comments in Santiago during a panel discussion hosted by the Central Bank of Chile. We have a slew of economic reports this morning, more than usual, ahead of the Thanksgiving Day holiday. We get a preview now from Bloomberg Economics correspondent Michael McKee. You can't have a holiday until the data dump is done. Seven different indicators will be released on Thanksgiving Eve. They vary in importance. The capital goods section of durable goods orders represents business spending trends, so that will get attention. Wall Street watches jobless claims as sort of a canary in the coal mine for the labor market, and the Fed has made a big deal out of the University of Michigan's inflation expectations numbers. Slightly less important, mortgage applications and new home sales. We know higher interest rates are crippling the housing markets. Of interest will be whether home prices keep falling. 
The S&P Purchasing Managers Indexes will be overshadowed by next week's ISM report. And barring surprise, the minutes of the Fed's November 2nd meeting won't likely add much to the rate outlook. They're three weeks old, and almost everyone on the Fed has offered their views since that meeting. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Mike, thanks. In other news this morning, violent protests broke out at Apple's main iPhone-making plant in China. Hundreds of workers at the Foxconn factory battled security personnel after almost a month of tough restrictions intended to quash a COVID outbreak. Videos show hundreds of workers breaking out of dorm rooms at the facility today. And Disney set for a major box office return in China. Sources say it will release its latest Avatar film on December 16th. That would be a big lift in a key market for Disney. Previous blockbusters have been denied entry amid deteriorating relations between the U.S. and China. And we're watching earnings from Deere across the Bloomberg terminal. Amy, the agriculture equipment maker, is raising its forecast for next year more than analysts expected. S&P futures are higher by four points. Dow futures up 25 NASDAQ futures higher by five points. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. All right, thank you, Nathan. 607 on Wall Street. Now let's bring in Michael Barr with more on what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Amy. Authorities in Chesapeake, Virginia, are investigating a mass shooting at a Walmart last night. Six victims were killed. Police spokesperson Leo Kozinski says several others are injured. It's sad, you know, we're a couple of days before the Thanksgiving holiday. I mean, any time it's a sad, I mean, it's just, it's just a, just a bad time all around, you know, it's just for everybody involved, you know, especially the victims. Like, this is, this is horrible. Police spokesman Kozinski says it's believed there was only one shooter who was also dead. The FBI is now assisting in the investigation. The alleged shooter is facing possible hate crime charges in the fatal shooting of five people at a Colorado Springs gay nightclub. He has a court appearance today. The suspect's defense team is Lee Anderson Aldrich, but they have listed him as non-binary. New York Governor Kathy Hochul signed two pieces of legislation in trying to prevent hate crimes. Hochul says it aims to educate people about what is considered hate speech and how that speech could potentially turn into violent acts. Ordinary New Yorkers are out there seeing the same thing. I want them to be part of our team. I want others to come with that early warning system when they see this or they hear someone in their school saying something. This is what red flag laws are also all about. One bill that Governor Hochul signed requires people convicted of a hate crime to undergo hate crime prevention training. Governor Hochul has also signed one of the most restrictive laws in the U.S. on regulating cryptocurrency mining. The bill triggers a two-year moratorium on new permits for crypto mining companies that are powered by fossil fuels. New York City Mayor Eric Adams unveiled new plans to close more streets in midtown Manhattan to traffic in December. Adams says one part calls for a section of Fifth Avenue to be closed completely to allow holiday shoppers to walk about. But this cab driver says that means less room for cars. I think it's horrible to close it because you're just going to create gridlock everywhere else. You know, it's like uh, it's like it's like having a, a blood clock over here. Meanwhile, millions of Americans are hitting the roads for the Thanksgiving getaway today. Nearly 55 million Americans are expected to travel at least 50 miles from home. An accountant who handled the tax returns of some of the Trump Organization executives told a jury that Donald Trump reported a total of about $900 million in operating losses over two years. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Gaming. All right. Thank you, Michael. 
time now for the sports report brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. All right, Amy, the Philadelphia 76ers took Pat Simmons with the first pick of the draft, and Simmons became an all-star for them, but things went sour, especially in the 2021 playoffs. Traded last season to Brooklyn. Last night, his first game back in Philly, he got booed. He said he expected the boos to be louder. He played fairly well, 11 points, 11 assists, though he was held scoreless in the fourth quarter as the Sixers beat the Nets 115-106. to 106. Philly was without its star center, Joel Embiid. He had been very critical of Simmons at the end of his time there. Rangers continued the road trip in L.A. down 2 nothing second period. They scored three in the second. The game was 3-3 in the third. Buck played by Zibanejad. Sends in far corner. Set play. No icing. Score! Chris Kreider. They worked on that for a couple of years. We've seen it from time to time. And it pays off as Abadijad set the puck in far side. Kreider against the icing and beats Peterson. The Rangers go back on top. The ESPN New York Attic Kreider added an empty netter. Rangers beat the Kings 5-3. Play tonight in Anaheim. Devils tonight host Toronto. New Jersey win would be a club record 14th win in a row. Like the old days of the Big East, St. John's and Syracuse. In Brooklyn, they went overtime. The Red Storm won 76-69. They're now 6-0. Giants lead today for Dallas. Big game tomorrow. Both teams 7-3. and three. Giants haven't won in Dallas since 2016. Bloomberg News reported last summer the Glazer family was considering selling at least a minority stake in their ownership of Manchester United, the Premier League. Family now admits they are, quote, exploring strategic alternatives. Their ownership's been criticized by fans of the team. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Team. All right, thank you, John. S&P futures two points higher. Dow futures up 13. NASDAQ futures down 5. This is Bloomberg. The Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. Nathan Hager, futures are holding steady ahead of the latest Fed minutes and ahead of a slew of economic data this day before Thanksgiving. We check the markets every 15 minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures are up a single point right now. Dow futures up 10. NASDAQ futures are lower now by one point. Ten-year Treasury is down one thirty-second. The yield 3.76%. Yield on the two-year 4.53%. NYMEX crude is down 2% now, down $1.64 at $79.31 a barrel. Comex Gold down two-tenths percent or $2.60 at $17.52.20 an ounce. The euro 1.0316 against the dollar. The yen 141.43. Deer shares are uh, something we're keeping an eye on now with the profit expected to surge to a record next year. Soaring farm profits continue to stoke tractor demand. The world's largest maker of agriculture machinery says net income for the fiscal year will be between eight and eight and a half billion dollars. That's after Deere reported fourth quarter earnings that beat the average analyst estimate. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. And now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael? Nathan, thank you very much. Seven people, including the gunmen, are dead and several injured in a shooting last night at a Walmart store in Chesapeake, Virginia. A statement from Walmart says it is praying for those impacted and that it is working closely with law enforcement. Ukrainian authorities say an overnight rocket attack has struck a hospital maternity ward in southern Ukraine, killing a newborn baby. 
The baby's mother and a doctor were pulled alive from the rubble. In the NBA, the Nets lost. In the NHL, the Rangers won. At the World Cup, four games are on the slate today, including Morocco and Croatia playing right now. It is nil-nil. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Amy. All right. Thank you, Michael. It is 619 on Wall Street. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. Credit Suisse warning of a massive fourth quarter loss. We want to talk about that now. Bloomberg's Charlie Wells joins us from London. Charlie, good morning to you. Thank you for taking the time with us. Uh, Credit Suisse says it expects losses in wealth management and in investment banking. What is going on and how damaging is this? Amy, this is not good, and it is very damaging. Credit Suisse has been having a horrific 2022. It just really cannot escape negative headlines. And actually, last month, it announced a turnaround effort, and part of that effort was to retreat from Wall Street, to back away from investment banking, and really to lean into wealth management, into private banking. And so what we're seeing today is massive outflows of money from wealth management at Credit Suisse, and that bodes very poorly for this turnaround effort, at least at this point. Massive outflows because of the lack of trust. What's the issue? Trust really is a big part of it. So we are seeing, um, you know, the bank, excuse me, try to regain some of this trust. There was a point earlier in the autumn when Credit Suisse had a lot of social media rumors circulating around it. It was almost treated as a meme stock. And some of that negative narrative really seems to have taken an impact on the way that clients felt about their money in this bank. Now, earlier this morning, we were talking on Bloomberg Radio about the extraordinary general meeting in Zurich. What are some of the themes to consider from that? Well, the big theme here really is to think about existing shareholders in this bank. So just this morning, we are seeing that share price hit a record low. That is not going to be very good news for these shareholders. But the other huge theme that they're really thinking about is dilution, because in order to turn this bank around, one thing that they're going to need to do is to raise $4 billion. And they're going to do that by issuing, potentially, by issuing new shares to large investors, but also to give a rights offering to existing shareholders. Now, what that does is it potentially it potentially dilutes the value of these shares by up to about a third. Um, and so that is not going to bode well for these existing shareholders. But proxy advisors have been saying that shareholders should vote in favor of this development. Now, Charlie, is this a symptom of trouble with other banks as well? Is this isolated to Credit Suisse? What's going on throughout the industry as a whole that this is happening? Amy, that's a really good question because it sounds like really bad news. And when we think back to the financial crisis, you know, we think of laymen and we think about the contagion that can come um, from, you know, financial difficulties at a single financial institution. Now, what executives have made really clear is that this is not a layman moment. The bank is capitalized in a healthy way. Its capital ratio is very healthy. Um, so this doesn't necessarily speak to, you know, broader problems in the banking industry. And actually, when you look back to earnings from banks in the third quarter, they were doing pretty well. And so there are some themes here um, that are very much unique to Credit Suisse, which, you know, has really suffered blow after blow, scandal after scandal in a way that other Wall Street giants just have not. Because this does not seem sustainable. I'm curious what happens next and what you are going to be watching for. We have about a minute here. 
Yeah, so really what we you know most immediately want to see how these shareholders vote today. That um, has been go- that meeting has been going on for a few hours now. Um, you know, it is expected that they will vote in favor of this four billion dollar capital increase. But you know, on a day like today, you know, expect the unexpected. But we should be hearing about that soon. In the longer term, I think something that we really need to focus on is is this turnaround strategy strategy that was announced just a few weeks ago. Is that going to stay the course, or will it be changes? Those outflows of assets are very concerning to banks. And the last time this happened, it seems like there was a bit of a strategic shift as far as that capital raise. That could put this today, this news could potentially bring about a, a change in strategy, but that remains to be seen. When you talk about a change in strategy, we have another minute here. When you talk about a st- change in strategy, are you talking about in personnel or in restructuring? There's, you know, there's a lot um, that that could potentially be done. I mean, when we think about restructuring, when we think about talent, Credit Suisse is a bank that has been, you know, losing staff left, right, and center. Um, They are planning on, you know, significant layoffs through 2025 to the tune of 9,000 people. Um, So, you know, is there room to maneuver there? I'm not sure because costs are so important to, to manage at this time as well. But I think what this really comes to as well is cultural change. So what's really striking about Credit Suisse, they didn't need to take a government bailout during the financial crisis that may actually have encouraged risk-taking that, you know, was unhealthy for the bank. And that cultural change is something that they will probably need to focus on very seriously. All right, Charlie, thank you very much for bringing us up to date on what's going on with Credit Suisse. We're going to continue to watch this with you. This story is not over yet, and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, especially as we approach and get into 2023. Charlie Bloomberg's Charlie Wells, thank you for taking the time with us this morning. Let's check the futures markets now. S&P futures up three, Dow futures up 12, NASDAQ futures up five. Ten-year Treasury unchanged the yield at 3.75%. Two-year yield at 4.53%. 6.24 on Wall Street. Now, still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, we'll check the markets. And we'll bring you the latest news in business, economics, and finance. Stay with us on this Wednesday morning. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130, weather mostly sunny. We're going up to 55 degrees today with clear skies tonight, down to 35. And then for Thanksgiving Day, mostly sunny, 50 degrees. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Amy Morris. I'm Nathan Hager. We're about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Their clients earn interest of up to 3.33% on the idle cash in their brokerage accounts. Visit ibkr.com slash interest rates to earn more. Up first, the founder of the collapsed crypto exchange FTX is issuing an apology. Bloomberg's Steve Rappaport joins us live with the latest. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Nathan and Amy. In a letter to employees, Sam Bankman-Fried expressed regret for his oversight failure, adding he wishes the company had done many, many things differently. The disgraced FTX founder described a perfect storm of credit squeezes, virtual coin sell-offs, and a run on the bank that brought the crypto exchange down two weeks ago. Bankman-Fried also disclosing the company's collateral spiraled to $9 billion from $16 billion. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. 
All right. Thank you, Steve. And another major story we are following comes from overseas. Credit Suisse warning of a massive fourth quarter loss. The Swiss bank says it will face a loss exceeding one and a half billion dollars for the three final months of this year. That's not all that's happening overseas, Amy. There were violent protests at Apple's main iPhone making plant in China. Hundreds of workers at the Foxconn factory battled security personnel after almost a month of tough restrictions intended to quash a COVID outbreak. And Nathan, back here in the U.S., Bloomberg sources say after recent job cuts, there may not be enough in-house legal expertise at Twitter to know which outside law firms are handling certain matters. Even so, Elon Musk still has his fair share of supporters, including ARK Investment CEO Kathy Wood. Various metrics that you can count daily, they have been going up dramatically. So I know a lot of people who decided to quit Twitter because they didn't like the censorship and so forth that was going on. So I actually like what he's doing. Kathy Wood with ARK Investment made the comments to Bloomberg Business Week, which you can catch weekdays at 2 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio and streaming live on YouTube. And turning to the economy, Amy, Kansas City Fed President Esther George says one thing that could push the Fed to keep raising rates is high household savings in the U.S. It's certainly positive that we see that these households are wealthier, less financially constrained. But that said, reduced inflation will mean we have to incent saving over consumption. Kansas City Fed President Esther George made the comments in Santiago, Chile. We could get more clues on the Fed's rate path and the uh, minutes from the latest Fed meeting come out this afternoon at 2 p.m. Wall Street time. That's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. S&P futures are higher by three points now. Dow futures up 14. NASDAQ futures up eight points. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. All right, thank you, Nathan. 6.33 on Wall Street. We bring in Michael Barr now to tell us what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Amy. Virginia police said seven people, including the suspected gunman, are dead, and others are wounded after a shooting at a Walmart last night. Chesapeake police spokesman Leo Kaczynski was asked whether the shooter was killed by law enforcement. I don't believe so, but I can't say that for sure. So that's still be part of the investigation. It's, it's all because it all happened very, very quickly, very dynamic. A lot of, lot of people involved, a lot of officers. The gunman is believed to be an employee or former employee. The Virginia shooting comes three days after a person opened fire at a gay nightclub in Colorado, killing five people and wounding 17. Meanwhile, the suspect in that deadly attack at Club Q in Colorado Springs is set to face a judge today. A family friend says 22-year-old Anderson Lee Aldrich was bullied as a teen. New York Governor Kathy Hochul signed two pieces of legislation into law in trying to prevent hate crimes from taking place. Governor Hochul says it aims to educate people about what is considered hate speech and how that speech could potentially turn into violent acts. We can't ignore that there's been a loss of civility and respect of individuals, and that has been the collateral damage. One measure will require people who were convicted of a hate crime to take a training course on hate crime prevention. The Supreme Court has cleared the way for a House committee to get Donald Trump's tax returns. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. This covers six years of returns as it goes to the House Ways and Means Committee. High Court issuing no explanation or any public dissent. So now the IRS is free to provide the returns and could do so immediately. The committee will want to act expeditiously because the Republican majority, in particular Kevin McCarthy, has said that he will kill any such investigations. The committee 
in its arguments, said it needed the returns to consider potential legislation and oversight on presidential compliance. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. A Texas judge says she will not lower a nearly $50 million punishment against Alex Jones that a jury handed down earlier this year. It was ruled the InfoWars host spreaded false conspiracy theories about the Sandy Hook Elementary School massacre. Since that August trial in Texas, other judgments against Jones in Connecticut have stacked up to a staggering $1.44 billion. Twenty children and six adults died in the shooting on December 14, 2012. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Amy. All right. Thank you, Michael. Time now for the sports report brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. Thanks, Amy. Ben Simmons acquired last season by Brooklyn, but he didn't play until this season, and he wasn't playing well. Nothing like what he did most of his time in Philadelphia when he was an all-star until he regressed at the end of his time there. Lately encouraging signs for Nets fans. Simmons just had a 22-point game, and last night he made his return to Philly in a Sixers 115-106 to victory. I feel, I feel like I'm in a good place. You know, for me to come in here and just play basketball, um, I'm happy. I'm doing what I love. So, you know, to be out there and have that experience was amazing. Obviously, it wasn't the result we wanted. It's frustrating to lose um, a game like that. But, you know, um, I think it's a good step forward. Nets play tonight in Toronto. The Rangers will be in Anaheim. They won last night in L.A. They beat the Kings 5-3. to A couple of third-period goals for Chris Kreider. At Barclays, overtime in the final of the Empire Classic. And St. John's beat Syracuse 76-69. to Andre Curbelo. 23 points for the Red Storm, who are now 6-0. and As the Jets try to decide whether to keep Zach Wilson as their starting quarterback, the previous heralded young Jets QB, Sam Darnold, is going to start Sunday for Carolina. At the World Cup right now, Croatia, who lost in the Cup Final four years ago, still scoreless with Morocco. They are well into the second half. First of four games in Qatar. Germany and Spain both have their World Cup openers coming up. Meanwhile, Cristiano Ronaldo confirmed he is leaving Manchester United and the team appears to be for sale. Bloomberg News had reported back in August the Glazer family would sell at least a minority stake. They now admit they are open to selling. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports, Amy. All right, thank you, John. It is 6.37 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks and some of the names that are moving in the pre-market. And for that, we are joined by Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta. Kriti, good morning. What you got? Good morning. Well, I'm actually going to perhaps follow our sports report and talk about the investment reaction to the news uh Josh just talked about Manchester United shares jumping as much as 11% in the pre-market. Your ticker is M-A-N-U on that news. And it's interesting because it comes on the heels of kind of a sad but perhaps overdue announcement um, on Cristiano Ronaldo and simply a very public um, saga between the club and him as well. It looks like he is going to be leaving uh, the club. That was, I believe, announced yesterday after they reached a mutual agreement. But it's enough that plus the news of a partial sale is enough to actually push the shares higher as well. So M-A-N-U, shares were up about 11% in the pre-market. They have now paired those gains to about 8%. Amy, I don't know if you're cheering for any particular team this World Cup. 
I've um, got Spain winning the whole thing. Oh, I'll go with that. <laughs> Just okay. Hop, yeah. hop onto my uh, I'm my on bracket. board. <laughs> I'm on board. Uh, there's not the only one moving, though. Of course, Tesla is always in the news and wants to certainly keep watching. TSLA is the ticker. Shares are up about 1.6% in the pre-market. Do keep in mind, it is a low volume, and you're probably going to see that across the board today in today's trading session. But this is actually coming after an analyst upgrade, City upgrading the EV maker to neutral from a cell, saying that the near-term risk-reward in Tesla shares looks pretty Pretty balanced following a year-to-date pullback of more than 50%. So a little bit of bottom feeding there for that specific company. And remember, it actually does move the entire index. Tesla is, at the end of the day, a heavyweight, but has really been exposed to the Twitter drama, this idea that as Twitter shares move higher on the Elon Musk deal um, before it was taken private, uh, Tesla really got punished. The idea that Elon Musk's split attention would uh, really harm the company. Nevertheless, it looks like up 1.6%, hovering around 172 dollars per share and of course amy it is black friday on mm. friday coming up i'm keep thinking today is friday it's not no me too i think everyone's just ready for a little bit of a break but nordstrom shares are really going to be in view along the likes of macy's target etc but take a look at this this morning jwn actually down and under pressure just shy of 10 percent. this comes after they reported late tuesday about some earnings numbers those earnings are still rolling out they're saying that basically gross margin trailed the average analyst estimate Basically, they're not able to make enough return based on the supply chain issues, based on the consumers. The idea of having um, higher prices but less volume is also something they certainly talked about. They did, however, reiterate their full year outlook. So let's see if they have some good numbers to report on Friday. All right. Thanks so much, Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Creedy Gupta. Always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us, Creedy. Looking at stocks as a whole ahead of the open, the S&P futures up four, Dow futures up 13, NASDAQ futures up 15, 10-year Treasury down 132nd, the yield at 3.76%, the two-year yield at 4.53%. Much more still to come on this Wednesday morning edition of Bloomberg Daybreak. The Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local Tri-State Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today. Visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Nathan Hager. Futures are holding steady before the uh, pre-Thanksgiving economic data feast. Let's head right over to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Good morning, Bill. Hey, good morning, Nathan. U.S. futures are quiet right now. Dow futures up 18 points. SBs gained four and NASDAQ futures are higher by 15. The U.S. 10-year yield at 3.76%. Gold is down two. Oil is under pressure. But Bitcoin is trading higher by 2.7%. Japan rose 0.6% overnight, while European markets are also quiet this morning. Note that Credit Suisse forecast a fourth quarter loss of $1.6 billion. Back in the U.S. on the economic front at 830, durable goods orders and initial jobs claims. At 945, November PMIs and at 10 o'clock, Michigan sentiment and new home sales. After the bellish night, HP Inc. said they will cut up to 6,000 jobs over three years after profit and guidance missed estimates. And regarding earnings this morning, dear beat estimates. Wrapping things up, while Red City Group, Medtronic was cut to neutral and Tesla was raised to neutral. 
live from the first breaking news desk. I'm Bill Maloney. Nathan. All right, Bill. Thanks to you. Live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on the terminal. SQUA go. That's a Bloomberg business flash. And now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. Police say six people have been killed after a shooter opened fire at a Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia. The assailant is also dead. The shooting came three days after a person opened fire at a gay nightclub in Colorado late Saturday, killing five people and wounding 17. One person is dead and 14 others are injured in bomb attacks in Jerusalem. The explosions hit two bus stops. In the NBA, the Nets lost. In the NHL, the Rangers won. At the World Cup, four games are on the slate today, including Morocco and Croatia, who are playing right now. The game is nil-nil. That's Soccer Talk. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Nathan. I caught that in the net, Michael. Thank you. We're at 649 on Wall Street. Let's turn to news in science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Falling demand for personal computers will mean layoffs at HP. The company will eliminate as many as 6,000 jobs over the next three years. HP makes most of its money selling computers. According to industry analyst Gartner, global PC shipments plunged almost 20% in the third quarter. New York Governor Kathy Hochul has signed one of the most restrictive laws in the country on regulating cryptocurrency mining. The bill triggers a two-year moratorium on new permits for crypto mining companies that are powered by fossil fuels. New York's become one of the biggest crypto mining hubs after China banned crypto mining last May. And Miami-Dade County in Florida has asked a federal bankruptcy court for immediate permission to end its naming rights deal with FTX and strip that brand from the arena where the NBA's Miami Heat play. The county owns that arena and negotiated the naming rights deal with the collapsed crypto exchange. A hearing set for the middle of next month. For now, FTX signage remains on the building, and its name has not been changed. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Amy. All right, thank you, Nathan. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, where it is 6.50 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include Congress feeling the pressure to intervene in a possible rail strike. Also, lawmakers might soon get their hands on Donald Trump's tax returns, and House Democrats are weighing term limits for top members of committees. Want to bring in Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins for more on these stories. Emily, It is a holiday-shortened week in D.C., but that is not stopping the flow of all the stories. Let's start with the railroad. What is the status with that negotiated deal between the railroad and the unions? For a while, it looked like it was a done deal. What happened? Well, if you remember back in September, things were a little bit rocky. And so what Congress did is they said, okay, you guys can have more time between the unions and the railroads. Remember, there are 12 unions, and they got to come to an agreement with the railroads. One of the big concerns uh, for a lot of the railroad workers is time off, uh, knowing when they'll be able to take time off, being able to take sick days uh, to go get medical help when they need to. Uh, but that's been really difficult for the railways to, to negotiate. And so at this point, we are looking in increasingly in danger of a strike next month. Uh, and that strike could lead to further inflation before the holidays, could mean that Christmas presents are late, could mean that people are having trouble getting around. Uh, so there are lots of groups, the Chamber of Commerce, the Consumer Brands Association, National Grain and, Grain and Feed Association, 
all urging Congress to step in and prevent a rail strike. However, Democrats have been really hesitant to do that. Of course, uh, President Biden has frequently shown his support for unions, as have Democrats, and they want to be seen as on the side of the workers here. At the same point, you know, Democrats have been grappling with really high inflation, and they certainly don't want that to get worse just before the holiday season. Um, so it really remains to be seen, but but we have to kind of set um, start start setting that alarm again for when we are counting down to a potential strike um, and to the deadline for an agreement. All right, we're going to continue to watch that. That's also coming up pretty quick in the next few weeks. Now, the Supreme Court, meanwhile, Emily, cleared the way for a House committee to get six years of Donald Trump's tax returns. This has been a very long time in coming. How significant is this move? Well, I think part of the significance is going to depend on what's actually in those tax returns. Certainly, it's a huge win for Democrats after a three-year battle. Uh, you've had a lot of members of Congress who have said that the public deserves to see Trump's tax returns, that they deserve that transparency out of someone that they've elected president. Um, and I think it's going to be now just a question of what these committees decide to do. Uh, the IRS can give uh, Donald Trump's tax returns, six years of them, over to the committee immediately. The committee could release them, they could review them, but whatever they have to do, they have to do it pretty quickly, Amy, because they only have a couple weeks left in session to really get this done. They have a ton of other things going on. And so I, I, it's a, it will be interesting to see how Democrats use the tax returns once they get them. And, and I think, of course, the, the big story is going to be what is actually in the tax returns and what does that tell us um, about former President Trump's business dealings and any potential national security concerns that might be in there. You cover Congress, uh, Emily. I was wondering if there was anything specifically you would be looking for or watching for, especially if lawmakers are able to get their hands on this during the lame duck session. I mean, I think it's it's really comes up to lawmakers, right, because they know that they don't have time to, say, push through major legislation on that, that, you know, is actually going to be able to probably get through both chambers. I think Democrats will probably take some time to actually look over the documents, see what's there weigh their options. I think there, we're probably going to see a different response um, if we see something particularly concerning within the tax returns versus, you know, just seeing a tax return where there aren't a ton of red flags. Um, and so I think we're just very much watching next steps from the House Ways and Means Committee, from Chairman Richard Neal, um, as far as what they'll be doing in the next couple weeks. All right. We'll be watching it with you. Now, you have a story on the Bloomberg Terminal, Emily. House Democrats looking at term limits for their top committee members. Why? So this is actually something that House Republicans have had in place and have had in place for a while. And the idea is that it allows sort of a talent to continue to rise within the party, uh, that you don't have a situation where you've had someone be chair of the committee for a number of decades. And, and then you've had members who really haven't been able to move up. Remember that being chair of committee, it's one of a few ways that if you're a member of the House, you can get real power. You can help determine what legislation moves, what that legislation looks like. It's a very powerful position 
position to be in. Uh, but you have a number of Democrats who have served for, you know, 8, 10, 12 years, and they've never gotten their shot at actually having a committee gavel. And right now you're seeing a lot of churn in Democratic leadership. You're seeing, of course, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Steny Hoyer, Jim Clyburn, the big three, all step down, and you're seeing a new generation of leadership rise up. And so some Democrats are hoping that this is the year that they can get some term limits for committee chairs. There have also been a couple of proposals put out there that would suggest term limits, and then um, if someone wanted to continue to serve in the chair, uh, the Democrats could vote to allow that person to stay or not. Uh, we'll know more after Democrats um, hold their leadership elections formally, as well as a vote on the rules the week after Thanksgiving. And and briefly, Emily, we only have about a minute here, but are Democrats behind this? Are they united? Because people don't like it when you take their toys away. I would got to I kind of think there's some pushback here. There is definitely pushback. I mean, this is certainly not a done deal. Um, It is something where you are seeing a push from a lot of younger members. But a lot of committee chairs, you know, have definitely pushed back. A lot of them, they waited their turn to get this role. And a convincing argument in the past has been that a lot of Black and Hispanic and Latino members, they had to wait to get their committee gavels. And now they're saying, you know, we're finally here. We waited. We we put in the gears. And now you want to take our gavels away from us. Of course, some of those uh, chairmen have been in the position now for a number of years. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that argument evolves. Uh, but but this is certainly not not a done deal. Um, but it, it is an interesting idea that could shake up power a little bit in D.C. Oh, we're going to watch that. Yeah, there's a lot of shaking up going on on Capitol Hill. We're going to keep watching that with you. Thank you so much. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins, always a pleasure. And you can read more about these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. And a reminder for you, you can follow all of the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Futures are higher on this Wednesday morning. S&P futures up five points. Dow futures up 31. NASDAQ futures up 19. Much more still to come on this Wednesday morning on Bloomberg Radio. Bloomberg Surveillance with Tom Keen and Lisa Abramowitz is coming up next. Along with Nathan Hager, I'm Amy Morris. This is Bloomberg. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for the Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash Future Investor slash Radio.